0: these little boys would you know they don't have art classes they have basic education but you know they'll they'll have access to youtube or something and they'll teach themselves how to draw through youtube videos and they would bring you know their sketchbooks over to me and show me these beautiful you know sketches they did and i want to help them put that gift into the world
1: Dawn earhart is an entrepreneur, author, international speaker, and philanthropist. She has a mission to inspire people around the world to find their purpose and live it. She is a certified life coach and the founder of the Desire to Inspire Foundation, a nonprofit organization that connects with communities around the world to break cycles of extreme poverty. Dawn has also penned several books, including Bee, which imparts an important message about perseverance, purpose, and putting kindness out into the world. Let's learn from Dawn earhart so I'm here today with Dawn earhart Witty. She's a author, philanthropist, and founder of the organization Desire to Inspire. Very excited to have her on the show. Uh, hello, Dawn. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure great. to be here. Well,
1: yeah, thanks for being on the show. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, as you said in the intro, my name is Dawn earhart Witty. I'm the founder and director of the Desire to Inspire Foundation. Um, I'm an author, and I do speaking Um Our whole purpose is to lift people everywhere with love and kindness.
1: That sounds like a a fantastic mission. So tell us a little bit more about how you, how you do that.
0: Well, um, you know, when I first went to Africa, I just really wanted to go and meet the children and interact with them and, you know, love them. And um, when I, was coming back home, I just thought, you know, I can't go back home knowing that they're literally struggling for food on a daily basis and, you know, clean water, things like that. So, um, I started bringing my friends together and talking to them about, you know, different ways we could help them. And in my subsequent trips, you know, we would meet with the people in the villages and, you know, schools and ask them, you know, what, what would you need, To lift yourselves up instead of just, you know, clearly food and water are things that everybody needs. But like, how can we make your life better so you don't have to ask for handout any longer, and you can do for yourself. So we've been trying to come up with different programs in different villages, based on the resources they have accessible, and also their hopes and dreams and desires and their talents. And so we've been, you know, connecting people, you know, businesses with people in villages, helping people find, you know, apprenticeships, um, things like that, you know, just to help everybody live into their, their highest, you know, path. And um, we have, you know, our visits are are part of, you know, the mission, you know, just meeting them, loving them, talking to them, you know, dancing with them. Um, we've also given out about 2,500 Little Books of Bee To each of the children just to remind them you know that they're loved and the importance of kindness and you know being strong and being a true person in the world and um so that's that's kind of how we do it and we everything is with you know love is at the top of everything we do
1: that sounds a a great way to start uh and and i want to come back and ask you about that that book of B. but before we get there what brought you to africa in the first place
0: You know, it's such a funny story. Um, I had always, my whole life, there was something about Africa that always intrigued me. And, you know, I had never gone because, you know, I was raising my kids and living my life. And we would go on a few vacations here and there. But um, one day I met this beautiful woman at this event that I had gone to. And she was wearing this beautiful outfit and this beautiful jewelry and I started talking to her and she said she was from Ghana and she said you know she was going to be queen of her village in Ghana and I said oh you know I've always wanted to go to Africa and she said would you want to come and I thought well sure I do (laughs) so it was kind of saying yes to an opportunity you know it it seemed kind of crazy I didn't really know anybody there but it was this thing that I would always wanted to do and I thought why why not so I went and ever since I went that first time, the people that I've met and, you know, the connections that I've made and the resources that have, you know, shown up that I would have never even imagined were there. Um, they've all just started coming into my life. So I know that whatever I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing because it feels right in my soul.
1: Wow, that's great. And, and you someone someone, you knew the queen of the village. So that's something.
0: Well, and you know, the funny part of that story is our, our schedules never connected because her aunt had passed away and so her (laughs) trip got moved, but I was just determined to go no matter what. And I just went anyway. So I didn't even end up meeting her there.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Okay. And what, what did you go to Ghana specifically?
0: Yes, I did. I did. That was the first place I'd went. And I didn't know where Ghana was in relation to Kenya. You know, I just heard all these countries' names. So, you know, I really sat down and looked at the map and, you know, figured out what is where. And um, I'm still learning because Africa's huge. But um, that was the first mm-hmm. place I went. And um, I've been there four times now. And uh, since then, we've also traveled to Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, and Sierra Leone. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Uh, and, and when was that that you you founded the organization? Um,
0: in 2017.
1: Okay. Oh, so it's a fairly fairly new and and building project. Yes. Yes. All right. And so, tell me about, a bit about the, the book B.
0: Well, you know, I wrote the book B. That I wrote it before Africa ever happened. So I feel like there's so much more I have to add now that you know I've had the last three or four years. You know. Um, that I've done the work for the last four years. But um, I initially had, you know, written down quotes. I've been collecting quotes. And, you know, I I had read something that somebody had written, like messages to my children. And I thought, you know, I have some messages for my children that, you know, one day when I'm not here, I want to make sure that they understand the things that I think are very, very important. You know, the importance of being in service to others. You know, the importance of being a loving person, like having love be your highest priority in the world. And so I put them together in a book. So initially it was written for my daughters, but then I thought, you know, if these messages are so important to me that I want to make sure my children know them, I want to make sure all children know them. I want to make sure that all children understand that they're special, you know, that their existence here isn't meaningless, you know, that they have something important to bring to the world. So it just has become a real passion of mine. To be able to, you know, share that message with everybody, not just children. You know, I think we as adults need to hear that too sometimes.
1: Definitely. And and is is that the only book you've written, or have you written others?
0: That was my first, and then the second one okay. we wrote was the Little Book of B, which was kind. It was based off of the first book, but I have friends from around the world that wrote messages specifically for the children in Africa, and I've carded thousands of books over to Africa and handed them out to children all over. Um, And then I've written a a planner and a journal um, that's based off of the seven words. And then we wrote, the last one came out in November and it is um, recipes for being, and it's using our power, our seven power words you know, and, um, there's a written part. Um, there's some journaling prompts. There's some places to do some meditations and, you know, practical things where you can incorporate these seven words in your life every day.
1: Wow. Um, so can you tell us what those seven
0: words are? I sure can. (laughs) Um, and they're in no particular order. You know, I say them different orders every single time because I think they're all extremely important, but, um, to be love, be genuine, be strong, be grateful, be inspired, be kind, and be happy.
1: Those are definitely seven great words. I think so. And it's a really great uh, principle you got there.
0: Well, you know, I always believe in being positive, And I was thinking, you know, well, there's the seven deadly sins. And that tells people what not to be. And I always want to encourage mm-hmm. people to strive to be something, you know, not don't be this. So I kind of, mm-hmm. it's like kind of an antidote to the seven deadly sins.
1: Yep. And that, that makes a lot of sense too, because uh, th- there have been some studies that show that the the mind dis- disregards uh, ne- negative words, negators. Absolutely. So that, I don't know if you ever heard about the study where uh, Philip Morris did a uh, Way back in the cigarette advertising days, they advertised they were less harsh and they did a word association with a focus group and they said, what word do you associate with Philip Morris? And they said harsh. And uh-huh. that's when they discovered you can't just put a knot in front of something and call that your brand because people just grab the the other word.
0: You know, I, I studied life coaching and that's one of the principles that mm-hmm. they taught us. And it's hard to get your head wrapped mm-hmm. around that. But they talk about when you want to bring something into your life, whether you call it manifesting or, you know, asking you know, the universe asking God for it, you know, um, don't, don't write or ask for what you don't want. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't want this in my life. I don't want that in my life. Instead focus on what you do want, because when you even just put the negative in there, you're bringing that into your existence.
1: Yep. That's, that's huge. Um, yeah, of course you don't want to, don't want to focus on, on those negative sorts of things. Um, So talk a little bit more about, uh, what, what desire to inspire has been able to do, um, in your interactions in Africa.
0: Oh my gosh. Besides the, the amazing relationships and connections that we made, which I think is the most important thing. Um, we've been able to partner with, um, different organizations on the ground. We've drilled three boreholes, um, which have provided villages with water. Um, one of the boreholes, this is one of my favorite stories, um, they had gone in and this 80 year old man had pulled a par- uh, my partner aside and he said, thank you, son, for now I'll be able to taste clean water before I die. And to just wow. think that, that that in and of itself makes it all worthwhile, you know, to make that kind of an impact on somebody's life. Um, we've given out about 2,500 of the little books of B. Um, we have met some basic needs you know, just, you know, making sure that they have food every single month, some, some medical needs that have popped up. In Sierra Leone, we moved, uh, 31 girls from a one room, one room little, I don't even want to say a house, but a one room little building where they all slept on the floor on the wharf, a very, um, a very area that needs a lot of, a lot of lifting. Um, but we moved them into a house where they all have beds now. Um, you know, just those kind of things. I, I want to help in a huger way, you know, but just those things we've been able to do in the last three and a half years. Well, three years, really. Oh.
1: Uh, and, and where does the, where do the resources come from to be able to do all this?
0: Well, you know, a lot of them have come from me. <laughs> um, some from uh, my very generous friends who are very supportive of me. And you know, i um, you know, there are donations that come in. You know, not a ton because I, I really have been wanting to get away from the whole donation model. And so I haven't done a lot of asking people for money. Um, I've been trying to uh, w- with my books and I'm um, developing the skincare line so that I can earn the money instead of saying, you know, can you just donate money? Um, I think that there's a one donation is wonderful. You know, giving is a beautiful thing, but I want to be sustainable because I want the people I work with in Africa to be sustainable also. So I've been really focused on creating the skincare line and doing the writing so that, you know, I can raise the money to do the work through means of, you know, producing something and offering something.
1: And uh, that's very, Unique model that makes a lot of sense because much more sustainable. You're not, you're not as dependent on budget cycles and, and uh, economic factors because you're you actually have a product to sell and uh, a business to, 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 run it off of.
0: Yes, and you know I I am very I feel very strongly about never taking a salary um, in donations. If somebody has donated, I've been like this my whole life when I was, you know, PTA president or, you know, president of a different organization. If I'm asking you for money to help support children in any way, that money is going to help support those children. And I'm not saying my time is not valued, because I do value my time, but I want to make sure that money goes exactly to those children.
1: Interesting. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. And And so, so I, I'm, assuming it's from the businesses you run that you are you are supporting yourself in that way but of course that's not donated money
0: right right absolutely because i won't i just can't you know it's just it's something morally that i personally just have a problem with so i try to find Mm -hmm. other other areas to to you know bring income in for myself
1: so tell me a bit more about the uh, skincare line
0: Well, the skincare line started because, you know, I was in Africa seeing all these amazing ingredients that they have there. And again, trying to figure out the sustainability part of it. I thought, you know, we don't have access to this. We don't grow this amazing shea butter in the United States. I mean, it only grows in one belt across Africa. And the West African shea is the shea that is most on the market here. But the the shea that grows in East Africa has like double the nutritious properties and the moisturizing properties, but it hasn't gotten into the the bigger global supply chain because it only grows in areas where they've had, you know, a lot of war or they don't have a lot of like commerce coming in and out. So to be able to bring, use that, you know, create jobs there and not just for farmers, you know, I'm talking about jobs for people who do branding and, you know, um, you know, packaging design and, you know, all kinds of creative things. I want to do as many, you know, create as many jobs, give as much work to the people there as I possibly can, and then create this amazing product that works. You know, I've been using it for the last couple of years and my skin just feels so soft and moisturized. I mean, I try to use other products here on this market, in this market, and I'm like, I don't like it as much. So, you know, (laughs) so that, you know, um, so that kind of, was a spark that, you know, started a couple years ago. I met some people and again, there's been, you know, a little bit of slow, you know, process in that because, you know, COVID happened and supply chain started getting shut down and, you know, trying to find packaging and, you know, those kind of things, but we're working through it and it is definitely coming. Uh, so, so, it's so the products all- are
1: not yet on the market.
0: No, they're not yet on the market, but um, we did do a trial last year with some um, uh, prototypes. We had some really great feedback and all of the ingredients are natural. You know, we're using things like papaya butter and mango butter and, you know, cocoa oil and just like all kinds of crazy, amazing things. So it's really exciting to be able to, you know, kind of test and, you know, put together different things and see how that works. It's, It's been a fun process.
1: And then once it launches, it's going to be distributed through the regular just dist- wholesale distribution models, or how are these going to get out to get out to your end consumers?
0: You know, I think we're going to start off smaller by just you know doing our own website and seeing how we can promote it, and then you know it's going to grow. It's you know I don't have like a thousand million dollars to put into a big huge production line, so it's going to have to start off small. Um, we'll be announcing things on the Desire to Inspire website because a portion of the proceeds will definitely be going to the foundation. And, um, and then, you know, we'll see what opportunities come up. You know, who, I don't know what the future holds, but, you know, I think the sky's the limit.
1: And then the foundation is where the the money goes into building the wells and the schools and the houses and and all those things, correct?
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yes.
1: Oh, that seems like a really great model because you're creating a good product, you're creating jobs. And, and I, I think that's something that a lot of people forget about is... Is that that whole concept of uh, uh, feeding giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish? That by giving them jobs, you're creating economic development, and then the profits of that company go to creating community development, which sounds like a, an amazing model.
0: Yeah, and even aside from the the practical business, you know, sense of that, there for me, it's like I think everybody is born with some kind of talent or passion, you know, something that pulls them, whether it's music or sports or art or, you know, writing or mathematics, whatever it is, everybody has those special gifts. And I love to see when people are able to use those gifts you know, when I was in Ghana, these little boys would, you know, they don't have art classes, they have basic education, um, but, you know, they'll, they'll have access to YouTube or something and they'll teach themselves how to draw through YouTube videos. And they would bring, you know, their sketchbooks over to me and show me these beautiful, you know, sketches they did. And, you know, I want to help them put that, their, that gift into the world. You know, so that's really where my motivation in that comes from. And then the business aspect of it, it just it does make sense. Yeah,
1: well, and that makes a huge amount of sense. And that's that's something some some economists started pointing out is the economic inefficiency of of poverty is that you have brilliant artists or scientists or mathematicians or whatever who never get to give their gifts to the world because they don't get the education or they don't get the uh, access, uh, or they don't get the resources to, to put those to work. So it, it sounds like you're uh, trying to find ways to, to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I met this young man, he's 27 years old. He lives in Sierra Leone. He has helped create energy for an entire village using recycled trash. Um, he's also, wow. they've also been able to create a, um, a radio antenna using spoons. And he's 27 years old, so think about that. And to top it off, he's lost both of his parents, and he has two younger siblings that he takes care of because they, he doesn't have parents to take care of them. Yet he's still continuing to succeed and do these amazing things in the world. I look at that kind of a person, and I'm so inspired.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what people do can do when they have to, and when they're uh, when 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 they're forced to to find that kind of creativity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's inspiring to me. I, I couldn't do it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll never forget. I I once heard a story about uh, a Mexican immigrant working, walking across, I think it was 20 miles of desert or something like that. And, you know, and and they were coming in illegally, but I remember thinking if somebody can walk across 20 miles of desert, I would like them in this country because I think they're (laughs) an asset that's the kind of person we want more of.
0: Yeah. I want to know that person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want them working for me because, cause they're not going to say, Oh man, a seven hour day. That's an awfully long day. They walked across the desert for three days.
0: Oh, you know, some of the things that I've seen, you know, people do in Africa, it, it just blows my mind. These are some of the strongest people I've ever met. And, uh, you know, and they're not you know considering the challenges that they face they're not bitter or angry they're joyous they're happy they're welcoming they're very loving you know and uh, warm it is just, it's it, there is so much magic there and the and the beauty of the souls of the people there that i want to bring that back to us because yes, they have a flow problem. I don't think it's a resource problem. I know there's, there's wealth there. There's an abundance of food and things like that. It just needs to get into the hands of the right people. And I want to be that connector or that link to help the flow, you know, but I also want the joy that they have to reach here because I think we have so much, you know, how many of us haven't been able to go to a water faucet and just turn on the water. You know, we take it for granted. Mm -hmm. But when you don't have it for a little bit, you're like, "Wow, you know, that, that's not something we should take for granted." Because there's so many people who would would kill for that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so what do you think is needed to to create that that flow? And and what are what are you doing through the foundation to do that?
0: Again, creating these sustainability centers, and depending on where it is, um, you know, if Sierra Leone's gonna have a different set of resources and talents than Uganda. So we're gonna create these sustainability centers. Our our bigger picture version was to um to in in uganda for example and we were really moving forward on this project but um the the head of the project over there in uganda unfortunately got into a automobile accident in february and passed away suddenly i mean we were all just in shock so that kind of put you know it made us all devastated because he was this wonderful giving kind man and we'd been working with him for like three years so um but what we wanted to do is um teach women how to sew these reusable sanitary towels. And I never thought that I would be talking to people on air or in any public forum about, you know, (laughs) sanitary towels, but, you know, there's a need there. And a lot of girls will stop going to school or they'll at least miss a week, a year, a week, a month of school when they get their periods every month. And so if we can provide these reusable sanitary towels for them, we can create an income, you know we can sell them to you know some people in places where you know they can afford it and also donate it to a child in a village so that the girls um education doesn't get interrupted and you know they they can access the same things that the boys can do um so we're still you know that's still like happening but we still have to kind of regroup from you know losing Deo, which was you know such a loss for all of us for humanity actually he was an mm-hmm. amazing man um but you know um So sewing um, different projects in different areas. Uh, We were talking about doing like maybe a hydroponic farming um, situation where they could, be, you know, create their own food, grow their own food and vegetables and, you know, just start using some, you know, solar and, you know, like different innovative ways of, you know, combating poverty. So, you know, we're, we're talking to people in Portugal. We're talking to people all over different places in Africa and England, you know, and just trying to make some connections where, you know, somebody has this information and somebody has this information, putting them together and see what we can build together.
1: So if there was if there's a, a millionaire or a powerful government official listening to this podcast, which I don't promise there is, but if there is, <laughs> um, how can you know, what is it that would really help uh, push things forward and? and uh, increase your your ability to, to do this great work.
0: You know, I think right now donations is probably, you know, to get some capital, some working capital to, you know, um, you know, a hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars here, even a thousand dollars here and there. That is definitely keeping, you know, food on the table, addressing medical needs and stuff. But in order to take a bigger step, we do need like a bigger chunk of money to, you know, and, and not like a million dollars, like, you know, trying to start something like that in this country where you've got so many different costs, we can really start with a lot smaller amount but you know a big chunk all at once to get us you know moving forward would be what would be helpful
1: mm-hmm. so you mean like we're talking 10,000 100,000 500,000 what, what sort of scale would I be think your next 20,000
0: 20,000 would get us in a really great position and you know again talking about getting away from the donation model we were starting we, we are starting to really look at partnerships you know, where we can help advertise a business, promote a business, because I'm always about the win-win-win where everybody in the situation wins. Like it's a good thing that's elevating for every single party involved. So, you know, like sponsorships where a business can underwrite a room or underwrite, you know, this program, you know, be the person that buys the sewing machines, be the person that buys the fabric. And the other part of this, which I really love is, um, When we went to Uganda a couple years ago, I had asked the children when I first met them, I said, you know, tell me what you want to be in, you know, do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to be a doctor? And every single child had something that they really wanted to do. You know, um, one wanted to be a vet and another wanted to be a nutritionist. Well, one of the girls in mommy Josephine's in Uganda said she wanted to be a fashion designer. So I thought, well, gosh, if we're doing a sewing program, we can like help um, mentor her you know, in, as like an apprenticeship, so she gets to you know live into her dream while we're you know creating this sustainable product for you know everybody. So you know we're going to mix in the kids as many as much as we possibly can to give them you know some real world work experience outside of you know edu- you know classroom education.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like a powerful thing you do too with the uh, even using technology to connect. Yes. Uh, Connect the the kids to people in other countries who could mentor them or uh, other types of resources.
0: Yes, absolutely. I have a friend in Ghana who does um, computer um, coding and things like that. And he said he would be more than happy to help us, you know, do a video series. So, you know, he wouldn't actually have to come in and, you know, teach a class once a week or once a month. He could do a video series and we could share that with children all over the world. So, you know, that's really exciting mm-hmm. too. So again, with the connections as we spoke about earlier, I think that is, that's one of the most beautiful ways that we can, you know, change the world is when we connect with each other and we all move forward with a common purpose.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, and, and this is really what, what networking is all about. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I end every one of these episodes with, uh, it's not about what you know, what you know, it's who you know, and how much you're willing to help them. Mm. And and you're you're really you're, you're kind of uh, outdoing me at my own game here, <laughs> you know, really taking taking this networking to the next level of changing lives and changing the outcomes of communities, which is incredible. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really amazing to hear the story and very inspiring.
0: Oh, well, thank you. You know, it is so fulfilling. I can't imagine anything I could do here on this earth with this life that would make me happier.
1: Um, and so if somebody did want to uh, support, volunteer, donate. Uh, how How would they go about doing that?
0: Um, You can do it on our website. It's uh, www.desiretoinspirefoundation.org. You can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, Desire to Inspire Foundation. And, you know, we try to, I try to share as much uplifting content as possible. You don't always have to give, you know, I think that giving and receiving is a two-way street. So if I can inspire you, uplift you, you know, just by reading one of my quotes, you know, I'm happy to have you part of our network. You know, even if you can't give anything, you know, share something, tell somebody about us or, you know, just give us prayers because that also always helps.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes even just, just the energy there can help. Absolutely. So it's been great having you on the show and uh, I've, I've loved hearing the story. Do you have any uh, final, final comments before I let you go?
0: Oh, I thank you so much for having me. I love to be able to share the work that I do. And, um, you know, I think that the one thing I love leaving people with is, you know, we don't have to go to another country to feed children or, you know, lift people that way. Every single day, we have the opportunity to add a little bit more kindness to the world, you know, by being nicer to the, the person you walk by on the street, the grocery store clerk, the bank teller, people in traffic, which sometimes is really hard. But, you know, we can all do our part in making the world a better place.
1: And those are fine words to end with. Thank you very much, Don, for being on the show.
0: Thank you, Michael. Have a great day.
1: This episode is the result of an experiment that turned out very positively. Originally, the concept of this podcast was to introduce you to people in my network already. Then I came to realize that this podcast would also be a great way to meet entirely new, exciting people. I used various resources to find guests who were looking to be on podcast. And that's how I found Dawn. We first met when we connected to record this podcast, but her story is wonderful, as is the amazing work that she's been inspired to do. I'll be connecting her with Rotary because of the clear alignment of her work with the Desire to Inspire Foundation and the missions of the Rotary Foundation. As I spoke to her in preparation for this show, she spoke a lot about saying yes to things, saying yes to new experiences, saying yes to meeting new people, saying yes to new opportunities. I am now saying yes to exciting new guests in this show and the tremendous connections they can bring me. If you know someone who has a story to share or something to teach, I'd love to have them on the show. Email me at michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. The Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast is produced and hosted by Michael Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music and sound effects are from Benjamin Harvey Design by way of freesound.org and bensound.com. Special thanks to Pat Helmers of Habanero Media for all the great advice he gave me on relaunching the show. Find me on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash And now TikTok at Guy. Please share links to this show with friends you think would enjoy it. This is Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy, reminding you that it's not what you know, it's who you know, and how much you're willing to help them. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to, to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect